I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 127 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it has been an amazing start to the new year for First Class Fatherhood. I've had some amazing guests on the show already. I'm getting some really great feedback from you listeners out there. I would love to do a week where at least I have three episodes to bring on some of you dads who have been giving me so much support. Um, I'd love to get a a call-in feature here at some point. I'm working on a few things. I'm very excited about the future of the podcast here. So from the little acorn, grew the mighty oak. Please subscribe, spread the word, help me get the word out there about celebrating fatherhood, fatherhood rocks, and family values rule. All right, I have a great guest for you guys today. I had the pleasure of meeting today's guest down in Miami at the Conclave of Warriors. Patrick Fitzgibbons will be here with me in just a minute. He is a police officer from Colorado. He's a fellow podcaster, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Please stick around for the interview. Another first-class father I had the pleasure of meeting down in Miami was George Fox. He is a former guest on the podcast. You can hear his episode, uh, my interview with him, on episode 112. He is the founder of NFW Watch Company. He makes the most badass watches on the planet, folks. Get over to nfwonline.com. See what I'm talking about. Use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. You're going to get 15% off, free shipping in the U.S., and 50 bucks of every order is going to go to Honor Flight, which is helping our World War II veterans. So please, get over to nfwonline.com. Use the promo code FATHER. All right, and I'll tell you what, for the dads that are out there that have um, young daughters like I do, my daughter's four years old, this JoJo bow thing is very cool. It's it's a great deal. You put one of these things in their hair, and it makes a world of difference. Um, my little Emily was having a kind of a, a really moody morning yesterday, which happens from time to time with her. You stick one of these JoJo bowls in her head, and all of a sudden, it's a brand new attitude. It's, it's really magical, this thing. Uh, no, JoJo bow is not a sponsor of mine, so I'm not getting paid to say this, but I would advertise for them in a heartbeat. It's a great product. Uh, my daughter had a great day at school yesterday, and I know that the JoJo bow played a part in that. So uh, get out there and get one of them for your daughter if you don't have one already. Maybe I'm a little behind the times on that. I just wanted to slip that in there. I thought it was pretty cool. And uh, all right, get ready for tomorrow, dads. I will have former Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor of Operation Red Wings. He's a best-selling author. He's got an incredible story, an incredible will to live. He is going to be here with his wife, Melanie. So please uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, tell your friends about this one. It's going to be an awesome episode. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, maybe tell your wife about it because Melanie has some awesome advice uh, to offer moms. It's just going to be a great episode all the way around. So please lock it into First Class Fatherhood for tomorrow, which will be episode 128. All right. And then for right now, I'm going to smack you with a quick little spot. And I'll be back on the other side with First Class Father Patrick Fitzgibbons. I'm Alec Lace. And you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Today's interview is being brought to you by SeatGeek. Get over to SeatGeek.com today or download their app. You're going to get $20 off your tickets to any event on their site, sporting event, concert, Broadway show, whatever you like. You use my promo code FIRSTCLASS, that's one word, 
first class, and you're going to get $20 off your tickets over at SeatGeek.com. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a police officer in the great state of Colorado. He is also a podcaster. He hosts the CJ Evolution podcast, of which I had the pleasure of being a guest on. Uh, It is an honor for me to say Patrick Fitzgibbons. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate being here, uh, Alex, so I appreciate being on the show. All right, let's get going here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? Uh, I I have a mixed family. Uh, my kids are uh, I have five kids. Uh, I have two of my own, and then my wife has three uh, three daughters. Uh, they, array, they range from uh, twenty six to twenty four year old daughters, a twenty year old daughter, and an eighteen year old son. Okay, very cool. What type of sports or activities are they all into? So they were into uh, volleyball. The girls were all big volleyball players, uh, swimmers, uh, basketball a little bit with a couple of them, and then my son was a football player. Uh, his uh, freshman uh, year in high school, and then he kind of uh, – he was a baseball player, too, when he was younger. I kind of wish that he would uh, stick with baseball, but he went with football, and I love football. But then he uh, didn't like football after his uh, freshman year. So That's awesome. Uh, did you get a chance to ever coach any of their teams, or did you more uh, cheer them on from the sideline? No, I'm not one of those – I mean, I, I think I'd be one of those guys that would be kind of – you know, well, I mean, I think I've came, I settled down a little bit as I've gotten older, Alec, but uh, I was one of those guys. I coached him when he was growing up in, in baseball, and I wasn't like a mean coach, but I was definitely passionate about the sport, and uh, now I'm one of those guys that just kind of praises him from the stands when he was playing. Okay, Pat, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, I am a police officer in uh, Colorado. I've been a cop for about 23 years. I am an operations commander, so that means I'm in charge of all the patrol officers, at least in my department. Uh, uh, Ex-military, ex-airborne guy in the Army. Uh, I have my own podcast called uh, CJ Evolution. Uh, It's been around for about two years. It's a top-ranked criminal justice podcast, and I have a variety of guests on, uh, uh, leadership experts, uh, mindfulness uh, experts, of course, law enforcement and criminal justice experts. And like you, Alec, I'm having a great time with it. Yes, I am really enjoying it. Uh, tell me, Pat, when did fatherhood come into the picture for you? Uh, how old were you, and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? I was a, I became a father when I was 24, uh, and I was in the military, and it was, you know, a lot to, to, I mean, I was very excited to become a father, very proud to become a father, and uh, everything changes. Alec, you know, when you become a dad, I mean, your whole life changes, and especially as a young father, I mean, um, you know, and I was in the military, and I was in a rapid deployment unit, and I was gone all the time. Uh, but it definitely changed my life and my priorities. In fact, you know, I had an opportunity to, to stay in the military. They were throwing jobs of money at me based on my job, uh, and I decided to get out because it was the best thing uh, for me, for my uh, young family. And I'm not knocking the guys that are in the military, the brave men and women who serve this great country, but for me, I wanted to, uh, you know, get out and be the best father I could. Yeah, Pat, I highly respect what you do. I am a big supporter of our police and our first responders. Uh, Thank you for your military service as well. I bring on as many veterans as I can here to the podcast to kind of give them a chance to share their fatherhood experiences. I think it's important. I'm very grateful for the freedom that I have and I'm able to enjoy because of all their sacrifice uh, and yours as well. So, But tell me, Pat, uh, what are some of the challenges or difficulties of having a job uh, where you're constantly putting your life on the line while being a father and raising a family? Well, I mean, the obvious is, you know, you're worried about, uh, you know, what you're going to get into day in, day out. Uh, those are some of the challenges. You know, being away from home, working shift work, which a lot of police officers do. Um, you know, I worked graveyards for many years, Alec. 
um, you know, put in my time until I was promoted up through the ranks. But that was always a big challenge because, you know, my kids were growing up. Um, you know, I, I would miss things like, you know, uh, games and things like that, school functions. It wasn't intentional, but I had to get my sleep uh, because I had to be functional and, you know, you know, doing the best job I could to go out and serve and protect. So uh, that's one of the things that, you know, it kind of comes with the job and uh, the one thing that I learned along the way. And now that I'm in a different position in law enforcement, I have a lot of time to, you know, spend more time with my kids, even though they're a little older, and I, and I cherish every moment. Well said. Uh, All right, Pat, there is a fatherless problem in this country. I quote statistics quite often from fatherhood.org and from the Department of Health. The stats are overwhelming when it comes to uh, most of the crimes that are being committed, the issues that we're having in the country, uh, teenage pregnancy, incarceration amongst teenagers. The majority of these things are happening uh, to kids that are coming from fatherless households. Uh, are you seeing this as a police officer? Do, do, do the stats kind of hold water? Are you seeing the same thing on the streets as what's being projected in, in the statistics as far as criminals or crimes being committed coming from broken homes or from fatherless households? You know, unfortunately, Alec, you hit it on the head. And yes, I mean, I I really feel as a, as a first responder law enforcement officer for a lot of these kids and a lot of the families because, yeah, uh, data does show that they do come, majority of them come from broken homes, whether it's a single uh, parent trying to raise some kids and you know once they hit that those teenage years it's not with all kids but some kids it's it's, it's just harder you know when you're a single parent so uh, yeah the data supports and I definitely have seen it on the street not that you know kids with with uh, you know uh, two uh, parents can't get into trouble but uh, a lot of the kids I've come into contact over the years you know they come from broken homes and uh, maybe there's substance abuse, alcoholism within the family, and it's just, uh, you know, it wreaks havoc on the kids. And unfortunately, it's just it's just one of those things, and you just have to do what you can to, to try to help the families and uh, get the help that they need. So, Yeah, I agree with you. And a lot of times people will fire back at me by saying, oh, well, kids that have both parents, they get arrested too. And I'm not saying that they don't, but I think that kids definitely have a better shake or have a better shot by having a strong family unit, a strong family nucleus around them. And and that's what the statistics are saying. Yeah, it is so important, man. I mean, to have, you know, both, you know, parents in, in the family unit. I mean, you know that. I know that. I mean, and uh, kids kids need that. And I'm not saying, you're gonna, you know, kids are going to be destined for failure, you know, turn into delinquents if they don't have both parents. But Statistics show that kids, especially males, you know, young males, need, need a father, man. They need a, need a mentor. They need, a, you know, somebody who's going to guide them, teach them in their lives. And not that moms aren't important, but uh, they're equally important. But, you know, if you're a, you know, a male growing up without a father, man, it's just that much more harder. All right. Well, since you are a police officer in Colorado, I have to ask you, I'm sure you've been you've heard it once or twice here uh, since the legalization of marijuana. Has there been more problems, less problems or what's your feelings about it? What are you seeing? <laughs> you know, Alec, I always get this question and, and I, I always tell people, you know, and it, just from my perspective where I'm at, uh, we, we have more problems with alcohol and other drugs that we ever had with marijuana. And, you know, I, I've done what they told me to do over the years and enforced what they told me to enforce. But uh, we, to answer your question, we, I haven't seen some huge spike in marijuana-related, uh, you know, calls for service. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while we'll get somebody who is driving high, you know, under the influence of marijuana. It's the same as alcohol. You treat it the same. You can get arrested for it. Uh, it's a funny story really quick. I mean, I remember when marijuana first became legal, we had some kid that was going down the street. We pulled him over. He was high as a kite. And he said, oh, I have a, you know, medical marijuana card. And I was like, it doesn't work that way, man. You can't, you still can't drive around <laughs> high. So, 
you know, and he thought it was okay. But, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen, you know, at least in my, you know, like I said, from my perspective where I'm at, we haven't seen some huge surge in crime, you know, um, based on the legalization of marijuana. It's still illegal up to, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, you get recreational and medicinal, but, uh, you know, when it comes to certain amounts, you can't be cultivating it and transporting it and stuff like that. So, yeah. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, I agree with you, Pat. Uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic myself. It, it's been a plague in my family, to be honest with you. I think alcohol should be treated the way that we have treated cigarettes in the sense that they shouldn't be allowed to be advertised uh, the way they are on TV. I don't think we should be showing you know, half-naked girls laughing and jumping up and down, celebrating the fact that they're drinking alcohol. And it's, and it's really encouraging people to go out there and drink and this whole thing. And it's really just an illusion. Yeah. Well, exactly. I said I, I teach a lot. I'm also a, a college professor for a time, and I always tell my students, I'm like, I, I, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been a cop for 23 years, and I haven't gone to a bar fight or a fight where people are just high on marijuana. It's usually, you know, alcohol or something else on board. Not that it can't happen, Alex, but uh, usually people that are high as a kite, you know, they're, they're hungry, they last, you know, they're, uh, they're non-combative, but they can't be. We got more problems with alcohol than anything else. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing, Pat, that is difficult with alcohol than anything else is because, you know, when you're walking down the street and you're coming off of uh, oxycodone or you're addicted to heroin, there's no signs anywhere that has big neon lights that says, uh, get your oxycodone here or, or get your heroin here. But with alcohol, you can't walk a block without seeing one of those delicious ice cold beer signs everywhere you go. There are liquor stores everywhere, so it's that much harder. And I commend yeah. you for for, uh, you know, beating it, man, and and, and, uh, and uh, dealing with that. And I know it's tough. I come back to a few family members that are recovering, so I, I commend you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, please tell my listeners here a little bit about the CJ Evolution podcast and how you got that started. Uh, about two years ago, you know, I was, I was kind of, you know, I'm a big podcast listener, uh, as are you, Alec. You know, I listen to Tim Ferriss and Lewis Howes and all these uh, big podcasters, and I and I was just kind of driving around one day, and I was like, you know, I can, I can do that, man. There's not a lot of people out there, not a lot of cops that are, uh, you know, doing podcasting. And so I created the CJ Evolution podcast, and it's always a work in progress, as you know. I'm always learning along the way, but I'm up to like 250 episodes. I've had great guests on the show, New York Times bestselling authors. And my show, Alan, it's just not, you know, cops on the show telling war stories. Uh, I, I like to, to to bring a positive spin uh, to the podcast. Have people on there; they're going to pump options up. I talk about you know fitness. I talk about mindfulness. I talk about improvement, uh, leadership, all that stuff. Yeah, we talk about some issues in law enforcement, but I like having just a variety of guests on that we can tie back in the show. And like I said, I've been doing it for for two years, and I I have fantastic guests on the show, and we continue to grow. Yeah, I love the platform, as you know, Pat. I think it's great how you can just target a certain audience and really find that niche group that you're looking for and just pump content at them. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, but let me switch gears here to a topic that's always trending. It's been trending throughout the year. Unfortunately, there's been a rise in school shootings. Uh, you're a police officer, so I'd love to get your opinion on this. How do you feel about putting armed guards or police officers into our children's schools? You know, I like the idea, you know, Alec, and I'm sure that's a controversial statement. Some of your listeners might think I'm crazy, but, you know, I mean, you know, I, I would rather have somebody in the school that's armed. Uh, we have a lot of veterans out there that are coming back from, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, overseas that need jobs. And, and give them jobs. Put them in the schools, man. These, these brave men and women are trained. Uh, and and I, I just think, you know, having people prepared in the schools, and unfortunately, look, I – 
you know, I would have never imagined that we'd be in a place that we are today where we have to talk about this stuff, but that's the reality, man. And, you know, I, I'm all for, you know, having armed security in the schools to protect our children, our, our children, our future. You know, they're the next generation. We have to do what we can to protect them. Well said. I agree. I have four kids of my own that are in the school system. I would be very comfortable having a trained professional in there, in the schools, to keep them safe. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, and as a police officer, I know that you are very well disciplined, but how are you as a father when it comes to dishing out the discipline with your kids? <laughs> well, you know, believe it or not, I mean, I, I might sound like a big, you know, uh, you know, somebody who's pretty hard, even with military and all that stuff in the background, but you know, I'm actually, I guess that's 50-50, Alec, and I guess sometimes, you know, depending on the issue, uh, I will kind of, uh, yeah, I'll discipline, but, you know, my, my kids are older now. I mean, so I really don't, you know, they're, they're adults for the most part, but when I was, you know, when they were younger, um, I always thought, you know, that, you know, I, I've been, I've been blessed, I guess, I guess you could call it a blessing, a curse, but all I have to do is just look at my kids and they freak out and they're afraid and they usually do what I tell them to do and, um, you know, but I was always big on telling my kids, Alec, when they screwed up or made a mistake, you know, I might discipline them, meaning I might ground them or something like that. I was never a big, you know, physical discipline, you know, dad, even though I grew up, you know, with, you know, in a military family where my dad, you did something wrong, he'd smack you. But I was I was never like that with my kids, and I'm not knocking people who are. I just, I was always the one that would discipline the kids, maybe ground them or something like that. But then I would go to them and say, you know why I did this? You know, do, do you know why I did what I did or grounded you or took away you know, a privilege, and this is the reason why. So I was always big in trying to teach them, you know, you know where I was coming from and, you know, uh, you know, just to, to not do it again. Very cool. Did any of your kids follow in your footsteps, Pat, or are any of them planning to have a career in law enforcement? You know, it's interesting. My, my youngest daughter, uh, she's 20 years old, and I never thought that she would have an interest in criminal justice, but she, she does. She's a sophomore in college right now, and her degree is criminology uh, with a uh, minor in psychology. And uh, she wants to go into the FBI. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very proud of her. I'm proud of all my kids. But uh, to answer your question, I think she's the one that's going to, you know, follow in the old man's footsteps and, and get into law enforcement. Because there's different types, you know, there's federal, there's state, there's local. Uh, and she would be, if she got into the FBI, she'd be in the federal level. So, which is really cool. I'm very proud of her. Awesome. All right, Pat, how many years do you have left on the force as a police officer, and what kind of goals do you have for uh, beyond your career in law enforcement and for the future? Well, you know, I don't know about police. You know, I, I think i got, uh, you know, a handful of years left in me. I mean, uh, I want to do big and, and, and better things, not that law enforcement uh, isn't uh, big and better, but, you know, I have other goals. Um, you know, I, I, my podcast continues to grow. I'd like to write a book. Uh, I'd like to write a Amir Tennis bestseller. That's uh, one of my my goals uh, in life and, uh, you know, keep working on the podcast and uh, keep having great uh, guests on the show. Uh, hopefully monetize the podcast somewhere down the road. I mean, I'm more concentrated on right now, Alec, is just pushing out great content. I'm not interested in, in making money, even though money's important right now with the show. Uh, but uh, those are my goals in the future. Just grow the podcast, you know, you know, maybe get into some uh, speaking engagements, uh, definitely a book. That's a goal of mine. So that, those are my priorities down the road. Yeah, Pat, you are very well spoken. I can definitely see you having tremendous success no matter what you choose to do. Uh, please drop the link here for my listeners so they can uh, have a chance to go and check out the CJ Evolution podcast. Excellent. Thank you, buddy. I mean, the best way to find me for your listeners is uh, cjevolution.com. That's cjevolution.com. They can find me. There, they can show, uh, see all my uh, social links, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. It's all on the website. 
Perfect. I will include that link in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can tap it, get over there, check it out. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Pat, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice could you give to that new father or to that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? Be patient. You know, fatherhood is a is a never-ending process. You know, there's no manual for it. You know, Alec, you just got to be patient. You got to take your time, and it's you just got to continue to grow and evolve. And uh, it, it's a great, great thing to be a father. And uh, for all your prospective dads out there, good luck. Uh, you're going to do great. Awesome. I love the message. I love the advice. Uh, Pat Fitzgibbons, I got to say thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time right here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right. I'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Pat Fitzgibbons for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter. Drop me a DM on Instagram. uh, Shoot me a message on Facebook. Let me know what you guys thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. And you guys got to lock it in for tomorrow's episode. It's going to be a big one. I have former Navy SEAL, the lone survivor himself, Marcus Luttrell will be here with his wife, Melanie. You don't want to miss it. Get over there and subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your friends. Spread the word out there about First Class Fatherhood. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are First Class Fathers. Sometimes